We're going to be sent spackling. <laughs> Matt said we're in the splash zone. So, I don't know. All right. Please welcome him. Probably. More than likely. It's debatable. <laughs> we shall see. Alright, who's up for a little out of the norm? Good. Because I need some volunteers. I need kids or adults. I'm going to go for five volunteers, so I'll take the one lone Montgomery in the back. <laughs> I'll take these two Widmers with their hands up in the front. Oh, I will take Laura. I don't know, is that hand up or you're thinking about you're, you're thinking about. Do I have one more adult who would like to Go, Mary Ann, go! Alright, so so let me Okay, there you go. Alright. There you go. All right, so let's let's bring all of you right over here and line up behind the bike. Well, you have a choice, okay? I haven't even told you what you're going to do, and I got volunteers, so no, well, I let the cat out of the bag yet. Right. That's exactly right. You are digging for treasure. In fact, I've gone back and forth about this. So here's what I... Or you, Marianne. Here's your prize. I put some gold coins in there. I stopped by and I saw Brian yesterday, and I was looking for. I'm like, I want some gold coins. Now, first, I was looking for like, I'm thinking Whoa. solid gold. I wanted to put some real huge chunks of treasure in there. So, but instead, I got dollar pieces. But they're really cool. They're the Sacagawea. They're also notable statesmen. I, I counted at least seven different statesmen. So it's a collectible coin, I believe. Um, and, and they're valuable. I mean, so it's real treasure, Mary Ann. It's real treasure. Alright, so, so, at this point you're all in, right? Yeah. Alright. So, um, now, tell me if you're still in after this. So within this container, alright, I have placed an assortment of things which were expired, or just plain nasty, uh, which may or may not have come out of our refrigerator. They include a no-name hot sauce, because I wouldn't waste the good stuff. Right? Uh, again, food toss from the refrigerator, dirt. Uh, there may be a container of red, uh, dead, rotten worms, which were found in the basement. Um, so at this point, does anyone want to eliminate themselves? Okay, so we're down to four. Oh. All right, so now we have we have a swap. All right. All right, so we've gone from six to five then. All right, so next, let's open this baby. This one's going to pop out. We had some... Oh, that would have been perfect. Oh, yeah. Well, there's a reason why there's a lid on this. I don't know what's going to pop out. Oh, yeah, feel that aroma. Smell that aroma. I do feel the aroma, too. <laughs> that tells you anything. No? Okay. No. I want you to, I want each of you to get your face down in there and just take a deep breath. It's not the worst thing I've ever seen. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, at this point, after, after get closer, you got to take a deep breath. Come on. Come on, Lord. Don't be scared. Get in there. Let me deep go. It's not the worst thing I've ever seen. Okay. So, at this point, you're, you're all in still. Yeah. All right. So, now I want each of you. To, for one final step, and this could be the kicker. I want, I want, no, I want you just to dip, dip, dip your fingers in the top and see if it's still something you want to do. Yeah. Okay. No. No. Yeah, I'll do it. Okay. I thought the worst. You gonna do it? How about you? You interrupt. Do you, if you want to touch it, 
Okay? And, and C, otherwise, hear out. So, oh yes. Do, do you want it? Do you want it? Okay. So you out? All right. So we're down to three. All right. So if you don't already have short sleeves, I recommend, of course, now that you've dipped your fingers in there, you want to give them a wipe. Wipe your fingers off and you want to get down to some short sleeves. Or, or at least get to the point where you can see about the depth there. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you 10 seconds. 10 seconds? 10 seconds. You can dig in with one hand or both hands. I'm going to give you multiple tries. I'll give you three rounds. But whatever's left in there, I get. Okay? You get 10 seconds to start with, and I'll give you three chances at that 10 seconds. But again, after that, I, I stand to make a little money here. There's got to be something in it for me. So, you want to go first? Yes. One or both hands. All right? You know what you're searching for. On your mark, get set, go. Seven, six, five, four, three, two. One. All right. There you go. Next. Who's next? All right, Marianne. Nice. Go for it. Go. Ten seconds. Oh, yeah. Two. One. And. All right. Laura, hit it. Go. One or both hands. Oh, darn it. The clock started late. That's all right. She gets a bonus second. It's not even fair. She's only using one hand. I was using one hand. <laughs> and done. Right all right. Did you get anything? Yeah. Oh, she got one. Everyone got one? All right. So round two. You got to... Only ten seconds. You get three rounds. You got to speed it up. On your mark, get set, go. She probably had one right on the top. She's like, oh, there you go. <laughs> So she decided for two hands. Two, one, and... All right. right. Round two. (laughs) Go. Oh, two hands. Are you sure this worked? Three, two, one, and... Okay. Ready, Laura, go. Since I gave her an extra second, I'll rush her along here. Four, three, one, done, and nothing? Oh, Laura. All right, last chance. you got to move fast, get as much money as you can, kid. Ready, go. <laughs> Five, three, one, done. There's the Evelyn Cup. All right. Marianne, are you ready? I'm ready. Final chance. Go. Okay. <coughs> <coughs> oh, this is so sick. It's been worse. Go. Done. 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 All right, Laura. She should have put a few things right up on top. I see, I see beans, actually. <laughs> ready? Ah, ah, ah. Uh, you going for the bean? Are <laughs> <laughs> you right? Yes. Uh, go. Once you hold on just a second. Ooh, I mixed it up for you there, Laura. <laughs> All right. How many did Evelyn get? Four. Four. How many? How many did you get? I think I get two. Two. Yep. And how many did Laura get? Three. Sweet. I win. No, what you don't realize is I win. I get over 15 bucks, so thank you. (laughs) All right, thank you all for playing. Uh, You may go wash your hands. Thank you. And if someone. I I plan to hose this stuff out come spring. It's going to sit in my garage for a while. You should have let it ferment and then brought it. Well, you know, I thought overnight would be fermenting enough. It really wasn't too bad, was it? No. I know. Oh. So, 
here, I'm going to set this please real quick in the hallway, and then someone would remove the this queen, please. That stuff stinks. Dude, that smells horrible. Not punishment for me. Not cool. Oh. Ah. Can you still smell it from there? Isn't it great? Sweet. So, just as a side note, alright, we'll get into the whole purpose of this, which was really a demonstration which I could have just talked about, but this just seemed more fun. I don't know. Um, so, another quick side note or announcement. Um, this Friday, okay, just as a little spur of the moment, um, if you are interested, I wanted to make available an adult fellowship night, okay? Um, I, I've been telling these guys I've been wanting to go do the axe throwing thing, so if anyone is interested in that and then a little dinner afterward, I just need to know how many are interested, and uh, no children, sorry children, you have to... Throw axes on you. You have to throw axes on your own. Um, <laughs> but whether you want to join us for the axe throwing or just the dinner or both, um, I need to know by the end of the day today. Okay, so even if you don't want to sign up now, but you want to text me, let me know if you're in. Um, just a time where we can get out and just enjoy one another's company without purpose, just doing dumb, fun stuff. So... I'll just leave that there to pass around. All right. So obviously it's all about treasure today, right? You have your Bible with you. I want you to turn to First Peter. Act, I think I've got it there. First Peter, chapter two, verses nine and ten. <clears throat> I'm reading from the Passion Translation. Um, it's one I find myself going to more and more as I just compare things lately. It's been for me over the last year, year and a half, especially kind of a breath of fresh air, just the way they, they describe things, the, the adjectives which they use. Um, I, I really enjoy this translation. Um, but First Peter chapter 2, verses 9 through 10 say this. But you are God's chosen treasure, priests who are kings, a spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted one. He called you out of darkness to experience his marvelous light. Now he claims you as his very own, as he did, so that you would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. For at one time you were not God's people, but now you are. At one time you knew nothing of God's mercy, because you hadn't received it yet. But now you are drenched with it. Each one of us is his chosen treasure. Okay? Now, you might be thinking, well, duh, we've known this, we've heard this for years, but bear me out, okay? Because even though this is, this is a message which you've probably heard over and over and over again since you're you, it is so important, it is so foundational that you know this because everything else kingdom-wise hinges upon the revelation, the knowledge that you have this knowledge that you are God's treasure. If you don't have that foundation, if you doubt that foundation, if there's a crack in that foundation, if you don't have the fullness of revelation, it will limit you. Because think about it, we're called to love our neighbor as ourselves. You don't have the revelation of yourself and how much you're loved and how much you're treasured, how God moved heaven and earth just for you. It will limit your ability to love your neighbor. 
And I don't say this in an accusatory manner at all. You know, if anything, there are fingers pointing right back at me because it's been revelation upon revelation for myself throughout the years. You know, about the time I think I got it, I go, yeah, check that on my card. I turn around and he goes slap right in the face. Kind of like the stench. Slaps you in the face when you open that thing up. We were created for him. Right? We were enticed away through Adam or through the first Adam and stolen from him. Now, we are his reason that everything exists. Matthew 13. There's several parables that, that Jesus goes through. But we are the hidden treasure in the field we're selling everything for and passionately sought after by our creator. We're the hidden treasure. Okay? We are the precious wheat that the papa doesn't want disturbed or uprooted until the proper time. That's us. He doesn't want anything to disturb us. Even if it means discomfort for others or ourselves. He, he doesn't want us shaken from that place because we are so valuable. We are the pearl of great price worth selling all just ahead. And we are the treasure worth getting our hands dirty and smelly for. Right? A gold dollar may not, you may be second guessing that and saying, I don't know if it was worth it. It was worth it. I got five. There you go. Five bucks. Sweet. John 3.16. A very familiar passage. At a minimum, if you watch football, you know John 3.16. Or at least you know of John 3.16, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send the son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. He who believes in him is not judged. He does not, he who does not believe has been judged already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son. We are redeemed and paid for by the blood of Jesus, God's only son. It's all about the treasure. Everything kingdom related, it's all about the treasure and it starts with you. Again, to not to belabor the point, but it's exactly what I'm going to do for a short minute. Deuteronomy chapter 7 and verse 6. This is just a small sampling, a small, very small sampling of God's word and what God's word has to say about us, right? Deuteronomy 7, 6. For you are a holy people to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be his people, his own possession out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. You're his peoples. You're his people. Zephaniah 3.17. The Lord your God is in your midst, a victorious warrior. He will exalt over you with joy. He will be quiet in his love. He will rejoice over you with shouts of joy. This is you that he's shouting over. If you've never had anyone in your life be so excited to see you as to go, oh my gosh, Brian, you're amazing. I am so glad to see you. Now you might be a little curious as to what I want. Right. But but as much as that reaction, you know, should make you feel, oh, that's really cool. They're glad to see me. You know, God's is even more over the top. And it's more sincere, even more sincere as well. I mean, he is so glad to see us. He greets us with shouts of joy. Ephesians uh, chapter 2, verses 4 through 7. But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, even then made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the ages to come he might show the surpassing riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. We're worth spending everything on, right? He's not going cheap on this date with us. 
He's all in. He will break the bank just for each one of us. Psalm 139, verse 14. I give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. Philippians 4.19 And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Again, he's willing to break the bank for us. 2 Corinthians chapter 4.7 But we have this treasure. That's you. We have this treasure. In earthen vessels. So that the surpassing greatness the powers will be of the power will be of God and not from ourselves. This is such a foundational truth. And again, I'm not going to apologize for going back to it over and over and over again. Because it is so important. This is so important. Because until we get this into us, body, soul, and spirit, right? We're going to be blinded to the fullness of truth here. That regardless of our calling or station in life, it's all about the treasure. Regardless of your calling or station in life, it's all about the treasure. It's about the treasure of you, but no less, it's all about the treasure of others around you. We don't see, we don't see ourselves as that pot of stinky, smelly stuff. Right? But at one point, we were. (laughs) But hopefully you don't. But we're more prone, regardless of how, even if we see ourselves as that, we tend to look at others and go, well, I could be a whole heck of a lot worse. When we catch a whiff of what they smell like, or what they look like. And it makes us go, oh, at least I'm not that yoko. You know, I'm not that bubba, or whoever that is. See, it's about the treasure of you. It's about the treasure of others. For him, it's about us. We are his treasure, right? For us, it needs to be about doing what we see our Father in heaven doing, just like Jesus. That's what he said. I do the things I see my Father in heaven doing. I speak the things I hear him speaking. One of the things the Father is constantly doing is going after treasure. And so we need to be about our father's business. To be about our father's business, we have to have a recognition of who we are. We have to have a recognition of of who others are, regardless of how they look or smell or act. Easy to say, harder to do. Truthful. We have to be willing to seek out his treasure, to get dirty and even be inconvenienced in the process. Even if we come up empty-handed, one of these guys grabbed in, I think you grabbed in, right? And nothing, right? But what did it do? I think Evelyn came along after you and went, look, there's one right on the surface. It was. Right? When we're digging for treasure, sometimes it's like that. When we go after people, God, I swore you told me to go after that person. I swore you told me that that person needed Jesus. And now look at them. They're in a worse state than than when I first met them. You don't know what you turned up in their lives. That puts them right on the surface so that when God goes to the next person and says, Nipha, now I want you to go to that person. That Nipha goes, oh, look at that. Pluck. Because <laughs> it's not all about us. It doesn't need to be if we know that we're his treasure. Right? It's that revelation that safeguards our hearts so that we're not threatened by the strengths of others. And we can work as one. Second Peter 3 9 says the Lord is not slow about his promise, as some have counted slowness, but he is patient toward you, not wishing that any would perish, but all would come to repentance. In the first Timothy two, three through four, he said, This is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of truth. 
Not everyone's going to receive it. Not everyone will, will want this Jesus. There are men and women who will perish. There are people who, when the end times come, who we will probably be shocked as you're, you're sitting in heaven and you go, oh, I didn't think you would be here. And there will be people who are revealed at the end time, at, at the judgment, where we go, oh my gosh, how did so-and-so end up there? We don't know. So we keep plucking treasure because it's all about the treasure. It's all about the people around us that he wants us to affect. Now, you could hear this word, right? And you could even compare it to what Apostle Tim brought last week, uh, which was focused on politics. And you could say, well, right on, Pastor Fred. It's all about people. It's not about politics. But here's the thing. If that's your take, then you totally missed the point last week. Because politics in its purest form. Government, in its purest form, is all about people. It's why we need those hard conversations. It's why we need to be informed. It's why we need to be willing to call good, good, and not good, evil, like so many around the world, in government, and other mountains are doing right now. We have these seven mountains of culture. And you could shift them. You could make them different. Matthew's lobbying for a mountain of medicine. I don't disagree. I would fit in there as well. Right? But these are basically culturally. These are the seven spheres or mountains of every society, of culture within every society that influence a, a, a society make it healthy and thriving or make it deteriorate and to, to the point where it ultimately falls and fails. And traditionally, we have recognized and we go, yes, it's up to the church to influence every one of these mountains, right? This makes sense. This makes perfect sense. You know, this is a large part of what I love to do as, as a pastor. Not even as a, as a pastor, just as a lover of Jesus, as a follower of Jesus, I love to go into every mountain that I can get my hands on, every person within that mountain, and, and influence. Even if I know nothing about it, I know very little about arts and entertainment, and yet I get the opportunity to influence that mountain because of my daughter. Or through what most people don't don't consider arts, through MMA, Missionary Martial Arts, right? I get a chance to, to influence that mountain. What people are less sold on and, and less in tune with is the fact that the media is called to influence every mountain. And so is family, as are the arts, they're called, the arts are called to influence the church. Right? And so is business. Business is meant to influence the church, as is education, as is politics. Listen, these are hard conversations to have. If it's not politics, pick something else. Education. That's going to start and ruffle people's feathers. Right? Again, go back to arts and entertainment. Will ruffle people's feathers. It is the job of the church mountain to not only influence, however, but we get this unique position. And I don't know how unique it really is, as I really stop and think about it, but but it's something I see we see God doing. In the right here and the right now, and that is in the creation of apostolic centers. Because while we're all called to influence one mountain, called to influence another, the church has is stepping into this unique place. I'll put it that way, 
where we're not only influencing, but we're called to launch people. And we see this, you know, most notably if you follow uh, Bethel Church, right? Um, Pastor, uh, <laughs> I lost his name. Bill Johnson, how do you forget that name? Bill Johnson, right? And, and it's not just him, but the people that he's brought around him, they have, they've worked this thing. They are an apostolic center who, yes, they function as a church, but they get people grounded. Those who are willing, they get them grounded with foundational truth. They prepare them, and then they then they offer a place where they can be prepared for their given mountain. There is the the school of uh, Bethel Bethel Conservatory of the Arts is one of their schools. It's where Hannah is going. It's where she's learning how to be an actress. Others are learning film filmmaking or producing. Others are learning singing or dancing. Right to be inserted to be launched into that specific mountain and make a difference from the inside out. See, it's not about the five-fold ministry of the church reaching out and touching and controlling everything. It's about taking and reproducing the five-fold ministry within the apostolic center so that we can send out apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers and evangelists. That's what we're called to do. That's part of the calling on this place, which we're just beginning to step into. And for which we know, we know what to do, at least in part. But boy, there's so much work to do. It's like it excites us when we stop and think about it and as we step towards it. But then it's like, well, I can see three steps in front of me and I know there's a thousand. Let's take the three steps. And that's all you can do. But we're called to launch. And I'm not so sure that these other areas aren't called to launch as well. As God first intended. Now I'm way off track from my notes. <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> as a whole <laughs> that's what I heard <laughs> as a whole every facet of culture not only has treasure that needs to be unearthed but God as God originally intended those mountains to be we're called every facet of culture is called to preach the good news Heal the sick, to raise the dead, to baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, to multiply, fill the earth, subdue it with the glory of God. And this is only accomplished through the recognition and searching out of God's treasure, his people. Because otherwise, there's no purpose in it. If it's not about the people, there's no purpose in it. You know, we look at those in politics who stand up and call evil good and good evil. And we denounce them, right? And we rail against them. And I'm right on that bandwagon. But at the same time... But they're up there doing that because at some point the church has failed to reach them. To the degree that we're culpable or liable, the church has failed them for their moment of fame. The church has failed them in their moment of influence. The church has failed to find the treasure. The church has failed to launch them into their mountain prior to them opening their mouths and having influence. We could go the same route with, with sports figures, actors, actresses, media icons, and the like, who stand up, they say some of the, the dumbest things, right? And we, we laugh at them, and we poke fun at them, uh, and they use their influence to, again, call evil good and good evil, right? We mock them and say they have no business talking about politics or family 
or education or any other mountain, and yet in condemning them, oftentimes we're condemning ourselves for not making the time to seek out the treasure. We're not making the time to train them up so that they could be successful in that moment of influence and release them into that place of influence. Turn to Proverbs chapter 22. Verse 29, this should be a very familiar passage because I want you to listen to what it doesn't say. It it doesn't say that if you're a sports star, you shouldn't open your mouth. It doesn't say if you're only an actor, well, don't talk about things you don't know about in other mountains. It says, do you see a man or woman Skilled in their work, they will stand before kings. They will not stand before obscure men. The Passion Translation puts it this way. If you are uniquely gifted in your work, you will rise and be promoted. You won't be held back. You'll stand before kings. If you're good at what you do, you're going to have influence. Our job isn't to cut people down when they get to their moment of influence and use it poorly. Our job is to catch them before they get to that moment of influence and help lay that foundation. Recognize them as treasure. Not be threatened by the the greatness of them. I'm never going to be, you know, Johnny Football, right? I don't need to be jealous of Johnny Football, but I'm called to, to recognize the treasure in Johnny Football and say, you know what, there is so much more to you than just what, what you're able to do. You know how much Jesus loves you. Or however it comes out in that moment. However God has me influence them. So that I can be that influence. So that they can be drawn into the apostolic centers throughout the earth. So that they can then be launched into the NFL. So that when they have their moment, because they're greatly skilled at what they do, they're not going to waste it. And kingdom will be built because of it. But again, it's all about the treasure. If I seem a little impassioned about this, I am. People who we say should not have a platform, 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 or a platform. <laughs> Platforms are all the rage these days. You you take your peppers and you plant them on your platforms. The people, oh, it does. If you live in my world, it makes sense, son. I'll explain it later. <laughs> the people who we say should not have a platform, are in fact the ones who are supposed to have platforms according to God's word. We need to recognize that. We need to embrace it. We need to start searching for the treasure. The same people we mock and deride and complain about as wasting their position of influence are the people that we have often failed. Not always, but we have often failed to see as treasure. And done our part as the church to help them lay the foundation which they can firmly stand upon. Because when the church fails to do its job, we share in setting people up to fail when they finally reach that position of influence. That influence is supposed to cross mountains. It's what it's for. Sports figures, actors, actresses, and so on, Right? They are supposed to have a platform if they're amazingly talented at what they do. That's that's scripture. They're supposed to have a, a platform. And the same is true of plumbers and electricians and farmers and physicians and so on and so forth. Right? Remember Joseph, right? He was excellent in dream interpretation. Uh, excuse me, I have a resume. Uh, it says here you're good at dream interpretation. Yeah, uh, I've been doing that for a long time now. I don't need that. Um, Why don't you try down the street? (laughs) Right? 
He was sitting in jail. He was excellent at dream interpretation, sitting in jail when he found his moment of influence. When the king heard about it and said, hey, I have need for one of those. Bring him here. Next thing you know, he's second in command. Be excellent at what you do. Well, there's so many storylines undergirding this. You be excellent at what you do. You don't have to strive at it. You just follow Papa's lead. You don't have to promote yourself. You wait for his promotion. But I'm telling you, if you're excellent at what you do, that you will have this moment of influence. And you don't know how big it will be. You have no idea. Joseph had no idea he would be he was in charge of a good an entire nation. Case in point. Mika. Matt just showed me an article. Hold on. Not that we're scrolling Facebook during church. <laughs> but Matt just showed me an article where the president of Ukraine tweeted Elon Musk asking for internet. So Elon Musk has just sent SpaceX Starlink to give internet to the people of Ukraine. What? Is Elon Musk a Christian? I don't know. He, 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 was, he did an interview on Christian broadcasting last month with Elon Musk. He does believe in but yeah, what if we reach out to those people? What if instead of like complaining about Bezos and space and all the money he's wasting, we pray into that and say, Jesus, show him, reveal yourself to him. Like if one man can change, possibly change the outcome of a war by his obedience, what can we all do? What can we all do? He was interviewed by the Babylon Bee, which... <laughs> Babylon B is but Christian. It's satire, Christian satire. Yes. Yeah. But at the end, they, they always go through revealing God to the person that they're interviewing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, I just, like, one person can change the course of history. And, like, I can't, if we grasp that. That whatever we do, if we do it as unto the Lord and we take that excellence that he's placed in us and we run with it, like what can we do? Yeah. What, what is impossible? Yeah. That was, um, part of the point was the interconnectability of the spheres of the mountains. Yeah. Is, this, yeah. is this mountain affecting the geopolitical mountain? Right. And that's, that's intentional. It's supposed to happen. You know, so I mentioned Bethel. They had this tech school. I call it the, the Bethel School of Nerds. That tagline's good. I don't know that they'll tab it like that, but um, they are ranked as the 15th best in the nation. One of the 15 best, uh, like per, I wrote it down here. It's somewhere. Anyways, they're really good at what they do, and they're recognized. But the so what and who cares? What's a tech nerd going to do to influence? You never know when that tech nerd is sitting in the White House and influencing the President of the United States. You don't know if they're not sent overseas to influence another ruler. And how simply speaking, when they have that moment of influence, the word of God or whatever God puts in their mouth to say or doing what God tells them to do, we don't know. You know, this is why we say, and we get tired of hearing it uh, about, you got to pray for your leaders, pray for your leaders. This is why. They need supercharged Jesus freak tech nerds to come into their lives. (laughs) Right? They need good ballet instructors to come into their lives. They need a good physical therapist in their life. Come on. It is true. The influence is called to cross mountain. Okay? It's all about the treasure. It's knowing, number one, that we are his treasure. It's knowing, number two, recognizing the treasure in others and being willing to go after it as God directs and leads. I want to close with this thought. I'm almost done. Don't shout me down. 
Mark chapter 11. It's a familiar passage, and I'm not going to read it. Okay, I'm going to summarize it. But it's a familiar passage for most of us. We see Jesus having made his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Um, as he enters, he passes a fig tree, which has no fruit on it, and so he curses it. Right? We see him going into the temple, making a quart of whips and clearing the temple, the cleansing of the temple, right? We're very, really familiar with that. But as he's doing that, he states, my house will be called a house of prayer for the nations. He's quoting Isaiah. God's house will be called a house of prayer for the nations. And you could read Isaiah and think that it's some this someday ethereal thing, you know, after Jesus has come back on his white horse and we've been taken out and we've gotten our robes and so on and so forth. But Jesus is quoting it in the here and the now. Prayer for the nations is needed for nations that actually need prayer. So if Jesus has come back, that's not what he's talking about. These are nations that have developmental issues. These are nations. They have cultural mountain issues. The purpose of prayer for the nations is to see kingdom culture established within each and every nation. For the purpose of finding, identifying, seeking out the treasure, raising it up, releasing the treasure over and over and over again until the whole earth is filled with the glory of God. See, it's all about the treasure. But at the end of that passage, as they pass by the fig tree, and now it's withered, I don't remember, I think it's Peter who says, hey, look at that. And Jesus says, you know what? Don't be so surprised about that. Because if you have faith, you can move mountains. You can pray and say to this mountain, hey, get up, go over here and be thrown into the sea. And he talks about faith, right? He talks about not doubting. And we walk away going, oh, I just need more faith. I want to move mountains. I want to see him cast into the sea. I want to raise the dead. I want to see fish multiply. I want to see people, sick people. I want to see a limb grow where there is no limb. Yeah. Right? And, and we get all stirred up. But what he says just after that, I find very telling. Now I got to find it. He goes on to talk about forgiveness. He says, as you pray, if you recognize that you have ought against your brother, you need to forgive him. As you're praying for the nation, if you recognize that there's unforgiveness, you need to forgive. So what and who cares? Why the footnote on forgiveness? Why is Jesus giving this footnote on forgiveness when he's talking about moving mountains? Because it is the objective in moving mountains. The objective in moving mountains is not about the task. It's about the treasure. The objective in moving mountains is not about the task. It's not about seeing the amazing feet. It's not about seeing the jaw-dropping miracle. The objective in moving mountains is the treasure. The people for which the mountains are being moved. It's not the miraculous feat in and of itself, right? Like the parting of the Red Sea, so on and so forth. It's not about the miracle. It's about the people who get to bear witness to the miracle and get impacted, which brings things to the surface. It brings the treasure to the surface. It makes them easier for someone to pluck out. It may include the former, and we love when those things happen. I love when God does amazing things. Right? But it's all about following. If you want to move mountains, it's about following God's lead and even being willing to be inconvenienced as we seek out and search for the treasure in others. Amen? Amen. Amen. Amen.
So stand if you would. You've been sitting for a while, and now I've now I've upset the baby. I went too long. You're right. Shout me down now. I'm gonna pray for you though. I'm gonna pray for all of you. Lord Jesus, give us eyes to see the treasure in us. First and foremost, we want to see ourselves not as in a mirror, but face to face. We want to see from he- seated in heavenly places. We want to see ourselves. How you see it? Redeem. Perfect. Spotless. Lord Jesus, we just take it on that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And we thank you for that. And we just pray for that revelation to come forth even now. Father, even as you're bringing that forth, new and fresh revelation, we pray that you would bring fresh revelation for others so that we can recognize them as the treasure that they are. So that we can can be counted as as having sown into that life, or this life, and seeing fruit brought forth, even fruit and light that just far surpasses what we're called to do. Help us, Father, just to, to dig and dig and dig and find and dig and find and dig and find. Because that's what it's all about. We... Uh, we just ask for your grace as we step into this more fully, this position of being an apostolic center and training people up and releasing them, launching them into the mountains of culture. We pray for grace. We pray that you would continue to multiply the people that need to be here and be a part of that, Father. And we just release all of this to you. I just pray for everyone's weak. Lord Jesus, just let it be saturated with your breath. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You are released. Um, For those of you at home, while the rest are are dispersing, um, if you you can find us on uh, arcgenoa.org, you can meet Jesus in that button. You can donate there. Uh, You can find out a lot of things about us, but we would love to meet you in person. We would love to even be able to pray for you. So I hope we can see you face to face at some point. But in the meantime, um, it's a pleasure.